This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I'm Layla London, aka The Curious Girl. Now, just to let you know, this podcast is not suitable for work. It's also not suitable for anybody under 18. But the rest of you consenting adults, let's get ready to talk about my sex life, sex in general, and everything in between in explicit, raunchy, fun detail. All right, here we go. I want to get into the naughty stuff. Um, nice. Yeah, I mean, let's use some naughty words. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like this episode's just been too clean. I don't know if I have strap-on phobia or what it is. Like, I'm worried about the responsibility of fucking. Like, guys do all the heavy lifting when it comes to that. Did you practice <laughs> on a pillow or something? I should have, but no. I made her give me a lap dance, and I made her do all the work on me. I can see it because I know that the guys that fuck me really good, I mean, I can tell they are working. They are working. And I just am always like, oh, thank God I just get to be this pillow princess and receive all this. Like, (laughs) yes. Good fucking. I'm inside Layla. Layla's inside Stephanie. Yeah. I'm creating the motion in the ocean and everyone's getting off. I'm done. Yes. (laughs) There we go. Welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I am Layla. Welcome to another Saturday episode with some great guests. I am so excited today. I have, okay, this couple does it all. Okay, together they own Kinky Coach LLC. They're the hosts of Evolve Your Intimacy podcast. They provide coaching, counseling, workshops, retreats, you name it, they pretty much do it. And guys, they have more letters after their name than I can even pronounce and say. So without further ado, welcome Fox and Stephanie to the show. Welcome, guys. How are you? Yes, we do have a lot of initials behind our names. I'm like, I'm not even going to like, that would just be a minute of me announcing initials. So I'm like, <laughs> that's Let's just say there's a lot. They're well qualified. And yes. I'm so yes, and I'm so excited to have you guys on the show. Uh, I cannot wait to dig in. But before we start, just to kind of uh, get everybody up to speed, give my listeners a little bit about your backgrounds with all your credentials. And you guys have got a lot going on. So let's just bring everybody up to speed on what you do and who you are. Wonderful. Well, I'm Stephanie Sigler and I am an LPC, which means I'm a licensed professional counselor. I am in my PhD program, so I've got my coursework done. I just have to finish my dissertation, so hopefully that'll be done by sometime soon, one day. By September of this year. Oh, my God. Wow. That's coming up. 
that is coming up, coming up quick. She's only doing it so I can call her doctor. Well, you know, I mean, that's hot. (laughs) I am a certified sex therapist now. I can say that. Yay. (laughs) And yeah, I, I work with couples. Couples are my jam. I specialize in alternative relationships, but I really work with anybody who has anything going on with their mental health. Yeah. All right. Yep. So I'm Fox. So I think it's important just to point out, um, I'm prior military and law enforcement and prior federal law enforcement. And because of that reason, I'm also a medical professional. I'm a a tactical paramedic, uh, which I'm about to lose that license here very soon. (laughs) But because of that, I became a sexual assault victim intervention specialist and a crisis intervention specialist. And that kind of led me into becoming a board certified relationship intimacy and sex education coach once we started these companies. And then I also have my bachelor's in criminal and criminal psychology or criminology and criminal psychology. Uh, so that's a little bit about me. Wow. <laughs> you guys, how, and then and then I know you guys have a lot of fun in the lifestyle. So how have you had time to do all this and accomplish all of this? I like to joke around and say cocaine and hookers, but that's not the truth. <laughs> the, the short and sweet answer is we don't have enough time. Stephanie and I are kindred spirits in we believe in constantly learning And if we're not learning, then we are mundane and getting bored. And so we are constantly just seeking more and more and more. I don't know that's always a good thing because sometimes our professional life takes over our personal life. And then we have to hit the pause button, rewind and remind ourselves, hey, you still have to have fun. You still like we're uh, licensed skydivers. I teach skydiving on the side. Stephanie loves theater. and I haven't been able to go to theater in a while. Right. Yeah. And and she used to teach it. Or we both love the outdoors and hiking or like do-it-yourself projects and all sorts of other stuff. So the answer is we don't have enough time. We just try and make it work. I think that also one of the things that I love about us is that we can have fun moments within the work. And because we are lifelong learners, we find value and fun in all of our education. I know that sounds boring. Gosh, we're so boring. But, but we're really not boring. <laughs> I don't think we'll... so. I don't think so. You know, I think you have to, you're kind of efficient about how you're living your life. You know, you're, you're really putting a lot in there. And I love to have to do things that are interesting and hold my attention as well. And I am, my background is in business. And, but I love learning about new things and staying a student of the game. And this six-year venture I've been on with my podcast and really focusing on my sexuality has been fun. And I also get to combine the business side of it too. So it really, it all comes together and the rubber meets the road and I'm having a good time. So kudos to you guys. Yeah, I get it. Well, they do say if you love what you do, you never have to go to work. So totally, totally. Yeah. So how long long have you guys been together and how did you meet? So we actually argue about this. Uh, We were just talking about this 10 minutes ago before the show, and I was able to prove that I was was correct. So we've been together for four years. She claims three, but we got together right as I was putting into my retirement paperwork for the federal government, and then I sold my house. So all the paperwork points to... It's true. Fox, you actually said I was correct. You are correct. (laughs) Here we go. It's memorialized, Stephanie. You can't can't take it back. <laughs> you are correct, honey. Yeah. Oh wow. And we met actually. I say Bumble. He I says say Tinder. Tinder. 
we will agree we met on a dating site. Yeah, and we were looking, we were just trying to hook up. That's all I wanted was a hookup. Yeah, I was just trying the same thing. I was like, okay, let me find someone I can tolerate and hang out with for a little bit, maybe an hour or so, and then we get naked and then I don't have to see her for a couple of days and then we repeat those actions yeah. until we can't stand each other anymore. <laughs> we met. And we were going for a hookup, but we didn't have sex for the first six weeks because somebody was holding out on me. Oh. Yeah. Well, I, wait I, a minute. I, what happened there? Well, first she told me about what she did for her career. And I'm like, okay, so she's in psychology. Got it. I'm going to have to step up my game. Uh, no problem. Can't just treat her like a typical hookup. Going to have to mold her brain and, oh, and tease it and wow. stroke it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and, through Listen that process. to him, Stephanie. Oh, yeah. I was in it to win it. Yeah. Uh, but through that process of that first date, we did so much talking that I realized, you know what? I, I don't think I just want to fuck this girl. I think I want to see what this woman has to offer and possibly date her. Let me see where this goes. Yeah. And that turned into me going, hey, if we're going to do this and do it right and actually date, I want an STD test, an STI test. Like, we're going to fully protect ourselves and then dive in. So I made her wait. And yeah, uh, yeah she complained and kicked and, and screamed <laughs> and didn't like that at all. But uh, she stuck through it. <laughs> I probably would have felt the same way. I would have been yeah. like, hey, buddy. I mean, come on. We're supposed to be, we're on a hookup site. This is what, what what my intention is. And now you're holding out on me. Yep. Well, I guess you were, you were obviously worth the wait because here you guys are. Yes, and, you were worth the wait. And you've I done a lot together, right? We have in a very short time. Wow. Yes. Looking back, just everything. Uh, deciding to go skydiving together and then deciding, hey, we're going to move closer to the skydiving center and move halfway across Texas together then starting a company and moving our households in. And then we moved in together and then family. And oh man, it was like... The podcast and yeah. the businesses. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like one thing after another and the, it just all clicked. Yes. And uh, we've been doing it since. All right. So what made you guys decide to start a podcast? I'm gonna let you answer that one. Okay, that one. <laughs> so that one is me. I He has done podcasts in the past. And so while we were just kind of talking about it, when we first met and I was like, you know, my vision, this is before I really knew what my vision was, but I was like, I really want to help as many people as I can, but I'm limited with just my little people in the office, my clients that I work with, but I want to do it on a bigger scale. And I'm so interested in sex therapy. And then we had started talking about we're different lifestyles and I was learning about different things. And I said, he was like, why don't we just start a podcast? And as simple as that, literally one day he was like, let's just start a podcast. He was like, Hey, I know how to do it. He pulled up some stuff and we just went, it yeah. was just no turning back. I don't know if it was that simple, <laughs> but yeah, it pretty much went that way. And then that podcast turned into one of her colleagues going, you know, you can just do coaching. You are a counselor. You are allowed to do coaching worldwide. Um, you can't mix the two, et cetera. So we dug into how to do that. And that's kind of how the company started from the podcast. Yeah. Although you were the one that got to sleep while I put the websites together. That is true. <laughs> well, I point, point out that dedication part on me. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, okay. You guys, so speaking of your podcast, right, you guys have interviewed some amazing guests. I went through, you know, and I was checking out some of the credential people you have on there, which is great. So much information. And I want to know what's your favorite podcast episode to date and why? 
so mine, and I think yours is the same, but correct me if you're wrong. So back actually January 6th of this month, we interviewed Ari Tuckman and he is, it's actually Dr. Tuckman and he's a psychiatric specialist with ADHD and sex. Well, we both love sex and the wow. study of sex and we are both ADHD. So yes. it very much piqued our interest and that show both taught us a lot about ourselves and our own relationship. And really, it initially created some hard, direct conversations because we both had epiphanies. We're like, wow, wait a minute. Yeah. All of that has just brought us closer and closer. So it was pretty amazing. Okay, so now I got to follow up. What was like your biggest takeaway personally for with that show? So in the lifestyle, you're going to do things wrong. We all do it. And it's not necessarily meaning that you're going to intentionally do things wrong. How about make mistakes? Okay. I like that better. Make mistakes. Yeah. Mistakes do happen. Unintentional yeah. mistakes. Right. When you have ADHD, sometimes we struggle with impulse control or just thinking through thoughts. Our emotions override our logic sometimes and our brain literally works faster than our logic. So it kind of mistakes happen. And we have experienced some mistakes in our journey. And so talking to Dr. Tuckman and having him in the language of, you know what, let's talk about how your brains did this. And let's yeah. talk about how we can stop this from occurring in the future. And those really opened up the conversations of, okay, so what are our impulses? What do we have control issues over? And how can we navigate the lifestyle to where we aren't hurting each other unintentionally in the future? Right. Or other people. Or other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because that's important as well. Yeah. So I think that that self-realization through him talking and then us processing that really just made us okay with it. We're just like, yeah, it forced that conversation. And then it led us down that path of, okay, well, I already knew you were crazy, hun. So I accept (laughs) you're crazy. And let's kind of put these safeties in, in place. And if they fail, then we'll go to that topic when we need to. But I think it just made us feel more safe with each other, more secure and just brought us closer. Yeah, I love that. I've had similar experiences just where I've had you know, a guest on and they say something and it's just like, whoa, just blew my mind. And that's been fun for me too, is, you know, the learning that I get to do kind of alongside the listeners when I'm doing these episodes, it's really fun. And, you know, you two obviously have so much background and what I consider you you seem to be very self-aware as well. So it's nice that Again, you know, going back to what we were originally talking about, that, you know, you're just kind of staying a student of the game. You're always learning and evolving and moving forward. And I, I personally just love the fact that I get to do that kind of in the, with my sexuality sort of leading the charge. It's, yes. a, I found it's a really fun way to, I don't know, just I've learned so much about myself by focusing on and pushing forward my, just openness and willingness to try different things through my sexuality. Mm-hmm. You know, there's lots of different ways you could do that, but it's, it's very fun to have your, have your sex lead the charge on that one. Absolutely. Yeah. So I love this because I've said this on my podcast before when I read it, I'm like, they just, they literally took the words out, right out of my mouth. You guys feel for the two of you that it's impossible for one partner to fulfill every sexual desire and need. How long have you been non-monogamous and how did you decide to move in that direction? So, yes, it is absolutely unrealistic for anybody to believe that one person... Well, within our dynamic. No, no, just let me finish the sentence. Quit interrupting. Sorry. Um, (laughs) That 
well, it's unrealistic to believe that one person can fulfill all of your needs. Now, in monogamous couples, let's just talk about that for just a second. You have a husband and a wife or two partners, man, man, woman, woman, whatever your dynamic looks like monogamously. One of the partners, you have best friends. You have people you go and you talk to outside of your spouse or your your significant other. And you know you rely on them for different things because your partner doesn't want to hear it all emotionally and all of that stuff. So if you take that to a non-monogamous level, I can't realistically expect him to fulfill all my sexual needs and my sexual desires and vice versa. I can't do that for him. So there's that monogamous element in the non-monogamous world. We just picture it a little bit different. And so for us... He had the conversation with me very quickly, third date about his lifestyle, what he likes, what he does. And we were sitting there at dinner and I told him, I said, you know what? I mean, I don't know what this is called, but I've slept with couples. Like, I kind of like that. I'm not really not a monogamous, I guess. I don't know. So we had that conversation. He told me all about it. I started doing all the research and fell in love. And so it's just something that we incorporated in our life and our relationship very early on. Yeah, I think it's just, and I want to add to that. Yeah. Because it is of my opinion that not, I love Stephanie very much. She has my heart. I don't want to give that to anyone else unless we meet someone and decide to go towards a polyamorous type relationship, which he's been very clear right now. She's still looking at what that even means to her. And, and I'm perfectly fine with that. Like, I'm not trying to push this in either direction. I'm just open to either or. But I think it's, I think it's unrealistic to think that one person through their behaviors, through their past, through how they look at life, their lens, to provide everything for you. And I think it's unfair to request that in the first place. There has to be compromise. There has to be understanding. And you have to evolve together at the right time. So for instance, I'm terrible at verbal affirmation. We talk about this a lot. I think these things, she gets up, she gets ready for work, and I look at her, I'm like, damn, she looks good today. Or damn, those pants look great on her ass or whatever. But the words don't come out of my mouth. The thought is there. And I am there drooling over my wife and fantasizing about her and thinking how beautiful she is. But I don't ever, I'm very bad at telling her that. But then I'm very good at when I meet new people, I'm very good at woeing them and being sexual and seducing them up front. But even that drops off as well. I'm more of a a show me and a physical guy than a tell me and I want to hear it type guy. So I live within my own world, I guess, of of my sexual language. And so I love it when she meets other people that are able to give that to her because then it benefits both of us because she's happier, more fulfilled, which means I'm happier and more fulfilled. And that compersion is very real for me. Yeah, I get it. I wonder why the rest of the world doesn't get it. Uh, disagree with us. <laughs> religion, lack of education, and geo area of where they live, depending on the the morals that they were taught or ethics yeah. that they were told. We find that through our research, those are the three things that uphold people from evolving. Mm. Yeah. So this is one of my personal just bugaboos. Like I get people come writing into me all the time with this problem. I'm sure it's a common problem that you hear too. One partner's sex drive or desire has completely dropped off and the other one's hasn't. And one partner just thinks it's okay to withhold sex, not that they're doing it like in a vicious way or anything like that, but just deciding that, well, since I don't want it anymore, we're just not going to have, it's just, we're just not going to have it. What do you say to that? Because that just, that like hurts my heart when people like write in and tell me this stuff. And I'm just like, 
Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. I know mismatched libidos are very common. Mm-hmm. So we can have one person with a higher sex drive than the other, but the sex is still happening. However, as sexless marriages evolve and occur, that's a hard one. And so when couples come in and we have one who doesn't want to have sex at all and one who's just ready to ravish anything, we have to figure out what's stopping, what's the breaks at on the partner that doesn't have the libido. And sometimes it's an emotional break. Sometimes it's a psychological break. What's making them not want to have sexual desire? Because everybody, unless you're, I shouldn't say everybody. Unless you're asexual. Unless you're asexual. Most people have sexual desire and even asexual individuals have desire on some level. They have romantic desire. They don't have the sexual, but Mm -hmm. what's stopping that? And so we really have to evaluate what? What's going on inside the relationship that's making this person not want to be sexual with you? Right. And sometimes we find it's none of those. It's chemical. You know, there's a chemical imbalance. And the deeper we dive into it and the more questions that are answered and asked at the same time, the broader the picture becomes and the more it like it becomes more in focus. And if everyone can understand where everyone else is coming from and still want them to provide that love and care for them, then they usually can come up with a very healthy compromise. Yes, I think compromising is very important, but also understanding what the root of the problem is. And I can't tell you how many times we've been in sex therapy with couples, or I have, and one of the partners is like, yeah, we haven't had sex in five years. And, And I'm like, okay, well, what caused that? Like, what was the line in the sand? Right. And it could be as simple as, well, we were at a party and I heard him say such and such about me and I've held on to that for five years now. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Your partner didn't have a clue that you were hanging on to this and you're punishing them for something they didn't even know that they had said or done. And then we have to unpack and uncover. And so it's just a, it's a puzzle. It is a puzzle. Sex therapy is a puzzle. Yeah, it's definitely a process. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I just fell into it just three and a half years of not being sexual, not having Mm -hmm. sex. And it's kind of like, it becomes, what happened to me was, I realized it's just a habit. It's just like anything else. You know, if you're good at, I have a pretty good habit about eating right and exercising. And it's just something that I do. Sometimes I don't want to, but I do it. And the same thing, what I realized about the sex was just that I just kind of stopped putting in the effort to do it. Uh And then it's not hard to sort of recreate that, just continue with that pattern over and over because, you know, I mean, that's working. It's not like I didn't have a a partner at the time. So it was very easy just to be non-sexual and almost, you know, start to kind of convince myself or think, well, I guess I just don't need it that much. I mean, I'm getting very satisfied with my business life and um, the results I'm getting there. And when I just kind of bumped along and then one day I woke up and I was just like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, this is ridiculous. You better stop wasting the pretty girl. Like, this is, (laughs) you're not going to be here forever. Get out there and very quickly shifted gears. I'm so glad I did. But I, I do understand how, you know, I see how, you can fall into those ruts or those patterns, regardless of, you know, kind of how you got there. But once you do, how you just kind of keep repeating it and going along with it, because 
Yeah, well, you know, it's sort of in a way, it's just sort of working for you. So yes. But I do, you know, I wanted to bring that question up because I want to encourage, I get, like I said, I get questions from listeners all the time about like how they can get their partner re-engaged. And I'm just like, you got to talk to somebody professional about this because I really don't know. And I, my heart goes out to them. I feel for them because they really, usually it's the, this person still really loves this partner. And I could feel this sense of longing and missing them, missing that connectivity and all the things that they're getting, that they used to get from, you know, their physical, the physicality of the relationship. And I just, I just think, oh my gosh, it's, I, it sticks in my mind because I, I always think I will, it's something that I don't want to do to somebody. I don't want to put them through that ever. And I know that their partner's probably not doing it intentionally. It's just like they've gotten stuck in this pattern of behavior together and on it goes, you know, but it's been one of the kind of one of the key things that's really stuck out to me and stood out as like, gosh, why is this? Why does this happen? How does this happen? You know, these, these yeah, I also think it's important to point out that there's no one way and there's not an all encompassing answer to any of these questions because mm-hmm. a lot of it has to do with each individual person to begin with and then bringing them together as a couple and looking at what that means. So it truly is a process. There's a lot of people that would love to say, well, I wrote a book. And the book tells you exactly what to do step by step, and it's going to work every time. Well, that's not a reasonable expectation. And that's not, that could be very damaging. So you got to be careful on what advice you listen to as well, because it could put you in the opposite direction. Yes, that's a very good point. That's a very good point. So kind of a, we'll, we'll stick, we'll hover sort of around this subject, but moving into alternative lifestyles and back to non-monogamy, what's the best advice you can give to couples who think they want to explore non-monogamy or alternative lifestyles together? Research, 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 and then communicate with your partner. What do you like about it? What turns you on about it? What intrigues you? Have that conversation with them. Talk about all of the what ifs. Well, what if you saw me with this person? Or what if you saw me doing this with somebody else? How would that make you feel? You have to rip the Band-Aid off of any insecurities, any embarrassing questions that you think you might have, anything that you once thought was taboo, you have to talk about. Because I can guarantee you in an alternative relationship, something's going to happen that you never thought would. You never thought you'd be put in that situation. And it's only because, and it's not bad or wrong or right or indifferent. It's just it's new. It's yeah. so new. And so being able to have that that strong conversation. I tell couples who come to me because that's like I said one of the things I specialize in is helping couples navigate entering the lifestyle safely. And so I have them come in and I tell them you could have a solid solid foundation of your relationship and there's one little itty bitty micro crack in that foundation and the lifestyle will take that crack and it's going to blow the shit out of it. Yeah. So we have to really put aside all of our insecurities and let's just get them out on the table. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. I, I couldn't actually said that better myself. It, well, it really you. is. <laughs> I would also say just that process she's talking about, those hard conversations, it takes the key word, communication. If you do not talk to each other 100% openly and you're afraid to have certain conversations, then it's possible that the lifestyle is not fully ready for you just yet. You got to have all those hard conversations and then have all the fun ones, but you have to have all of them. Okay. Also, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. No, no, go ahead. Even though like we've been in the lifestyle since the beginning of our relationship, we still have hard conversations. We still have 
areas that we have to really air out and flesh out before we do things. Just because you're in this and you're, you're practicing and I call it practicing because no one ever gets it perfect. It doesn't mean that you're going to be good forever. I mean, you're going to have ups and downs. Yeah. And that changes couple by couple, person by person. Every time you involve a new individual or individuals into the bedroom, you have to have those conversations over again. Yeah. Because now you got a whole different dynamic. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Can you think of a few pitfalls? And I think we kind of nibbled around the edges here of some of them, but can you think of a few pitfalls you absolutely want to avoid if you're new in the lifestyle and what would those be? So the first one, like we just talked about, is if you don't communicate and have every single conversation possible, you're doing yourself an injustice. The second one is we come to find, and this is not a blanket statement because this does work for some people, but normally it doesn't work for the overall positive percentage, so to speak. Don't just jump right in, <laughs> okay? That everybody be- wants to get to the good stuff. Yes. Yeah, everyone wants to <laughs> The 20-foot the diving board, hit the water, and score a perfect 10. Well, it, it doesn't take place that way, and that yeah. can be very damaging. We see more couples that jump off that diving bridge, right, and they never go back to lifestyle for that exact reason. Now, there are those that are confident, they've had all the right conversations, and they're ready, but that is not a commonality. So take your time. Dip your toe in slowly but surely. Kiss somebody first in front of your partner. Then kiss them and let them rub on you. Then kiss them, let them rub on you, and maybe give them oral sex. And step by step by step, whether this takes days or weeks or years, none of that matters. It's not a race. Don't race to the end, okay? If you race to the end, then you have, A, nothing else more to accomplish, and then you can burn out quickly on the lifestyle anyway. Or you create damage where you didn't want to, kind of like stress fractures. Yeah. And it creates even more of a problem. So communicate, go slow, and always go with the slowest person on your team. If someone says they're uncomfortable, have those hard conversations. Sometimes uncomfortability is meant to be pushed past. But if you're not having those hard conversations, you're going to miss something major, possibly. And then that's going to hurt someone. So if someone's uncomfortable, talk about it. Yeah, I love what you just said about always going with the slowest person on your team. That was, yeah. That's a zinger right there. That's a good one. Good point. And that's one of the main things is helping couples navigate is whoever's the slowest, that's the speed we go at. Yeah, yeah they're the because, pace setter. Well, exactly. You don't want to hurt your primary relationship. We're not going into this to cause more pain or to cause any pain. We're going into this to have fun. And so, yeah, you can only go as fast as they can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. Okay. That is great. Thanks guys. That is great advice. What's the most difficult scenario for your clients to overcome? Like what has been, I think, in your professional experience? Infidelity. And yes, non-monogamous couples can experience infidelity and anybody can. It's just when you feel like you have been wronged or emotionally harmed in any sort of way, cheated, whatever we want to call it, by your partner. So we have to, oh man, people don't want to overcome that. They want to fight. I want to point something out real quick too. Infidelity is not always meaning penetrative sex. Oh, yes. It can mean uh, that when we speak about infidelity, if you cross over any boundaries or rules that you put in place, your partner or partners can see that as you being disloyal. 
And infidelity follows disloyalty and, and they're intermixed with each other. So, you know, something as simple as, well, you flirted with that person and sent them a sexual picture in someone's mind can be you creating infidelity. So follow those rules and boundaries even when you don't want to because it's the safest way to navigate that relationship. And then if you want to renegotiate your boundaries, if you get into a situation and you and you think, well, I might feel more comfortable with that, renegotiate. You don't have to do it in that moment. You don't have to jump into something in that very moment. You can take that back to your partner and say, you know what? In this moment, I felt like I wanted to do this. Can we talk more about it and see if we can expand our boundaries? Infidelity hurts, whatever it looks like for you and your partner. And so being able to to navigate around that and also to hit the problems head on is just one of the most major things, I guess, experiences couples have such a hard time overcoming. Right. What do you say to, because I hear this all the time, what do you say to people who would say, well, what my partner doesn't know doesn't won't hurt them? I would like to hold up a mirror and have them say that to in the mirror. I mean, honestly, okay, so let me tell you say that to yourself because what is your partner doing that you don't know about and how would that affect you? If you're going to be in this lifestyle or any sort of relationship period, but especially in a non-monogamous relationship, you have to have that brutal honesty. You have to have, I mean, there's no secrets because if there are, then you are not going to be successful in your relationship period, especially when you're trying to add in three or four other relationships into your dynamic. Yeah. And you also have to love your partner enough to abide by that. So I'll give you a quick example. Recently, I've been flirting with a woman. And for whatever reason, you know, the other day, Stephanie said, you know, right now, for whatever reason, that is getting to me. It's whether it's jealousy or maybe I didn't like something you said, or maybe it's just that time of the month. You called her beautiful and you don't call me beautiful and it made me mad. There you go. There's the truth. (laughs) There you go. Like I said earlier, I'm terrible at words of affirmation, but when I flirt, I'm very good at the initial seduction part. And so did I want to contact that woman and say, hey... We need to kind of throttle back a little bit because Stephanie and I need to talk about some things. No, I didn't want to. Did I do it immediately? Absolutely. Because it doesn't matter what I want. It matters what is important for us overall, for our relationship to be survivable and for us to continue doing what it is that we do. Yeah, totally. No, I mean, that makes perfect sense. And I understand. As a woman, I, would, I, I can I can sympathize with why that would. I'm with you, Stephanie. Like that would bother me too. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm right here. I'm beautiful too, right? Yeah. And, and so I did, but it, and I don't blame her. But it just struck a chord in me, and so that made that gave me an indication that he and I needed to fix something. So yeah. if I'm feeling any kind of negative way, or if I feel any kind of just not any way that's not comfortable and compersion ish, then I need to talk to him and say, you know what, we've got something going on with us that we need to hash out before we can move right. forward. That's a great way to put that. Actually. Yeah. But you know, what's kind of interesting, Fox, I totally relate to that. I'm the same way where I will have all these wonderful thoughts about my partner. And then I don't say them, you know, I could be looking at him or, and I almost feel like sometimes I might fall back on, oh, I probably don't need to say that because he's a guy. He, he probably doesn't need to hear that. But I know that's not true. I know that men need that. They like to hear that stuff too. So I've worked, I've really had to work on that side of myself over the years and just make sure that I know whatever I'm thinking, if it's warm and fuzzy or hot and sexy, that I just let him know. 
And I feel like I've gotten a lot better at that. But for some reason, I just was wired that way where I just, you know, I would think it wasn't like I wasn't feeling all of that. I just come out. I wasn't verbalizing it. And now that we have text, it kind of makes it easier too. <laughs> now I can just no, like, sure. I've kind of sort of uh, turned that into just like, oh, I... I'll, I'll bank that thought. Like, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to send this text. I'm going to send him a text, flirt with him. I'm going to kill a bunch of birds with one stone. I'm going to flirt with him. I'm going to get him, start priming the pump and tease him because I love to tease. And I'm going to send him this, God, this morning when, you know, when you walk by, I just wanted to fuck the shit out of you or baby, you look so good. I can't wait till you get home or whatever it is, you know, just, <laughs> and then yeah. get them all wound up at work. I, I love doing that. So <laughs> I've sort of, I think I've found, I found ways to make it very fun for me and also fulfilling for my partner, but I had to be mindful of it. And for the longest time I wasn't, I was just like, why don't I, you yeah. know, I think these things, why am I not saying them? So. Yeah. Well, and I also think it's, it's based on, on the individual. I know for me, if Stephanie sends something like that, it does the opposite because my brain works very differently. So for me, I would say just Talk to your partner or partners and ask them, just ask them direct. How do you want me to flirt with you? Mm -hmm. What turns you off? When I do what, based off my behavior or characteristics or actions, which of those turn you on and why? And then that gives you a broader picture. And then you take from what that list, what you're comfortable with, and then you put that into action. And I think that works better than just assuming or just going, okay, because they're a guy or a girl or this or that. Because I think now we're in 2021, we've proven... Or 2022. 2022, see that? I don't <laughs> Good Lord. 2022, uh, Fox. <laughs> yeah, definitely don't want to be back in 21. But it, it just allows us to see the person for they are and vice versa. And then everybody is turned on. Hello, beautiful people. I'm here to talk about something that can truly revolutionize your life. Have you ever wished you could have access to pleasure-based sex education right in the comfort of your bedroom? Well, your wish is about to come true with Beducated. Beducated offers over 100 online courses from the world's top experts, bringing you the best techniques and skills to enhance your love life. Whether you're single, in a relationship, no matter your sexual orientation or gender, Beducated is a safe space for all. Try some of my personal favorite courses on Beducated, like How to Make Your Partner Squirt, Prostate Massage, and All the Ways to Pleasure a Penis. You can master new techniques, reignite the spark in your relationship, and build confidence to explore new depths of pleasure. So why buy more stuff when you can invest in your sex life instead? Try all Beducated courses for one day free. You won't get charged for the first 24 hours, and you can cancel at any time. No risk with a 14-day money-back guarantee. Get 60% off the yearly pass with my coupon code CURIOUS. Invest in your love life and join Beducated now for just $6.66 per month. By the way, you can also gift your loved ones a personalized Beducated gift card. So what are you waiting for? Click on the link in the show notes and use the coupon code CURIOUS and join the Beducated family today. Remember, it's not just about having great sex. It's about being Beducated. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And it's just a lot more fun. Yeah. 
So what's been the hardest thing or most difficult thing that the two of you have had to overcome in your personal relationship? Yeah, baby. (laughs) People automatically assume that because I am a relationship and sex therapist that I have all of this shit figured out and I can therapize the shit out of people and I can help build relationships and I can, I'm telling you, fix almost anything until it comes to us. And I don't use my own advice sometimes. A lot of the times. Yeah. And so I try, actually, and to my defense, I try. And then what do you tell me? Don't try that therapy shit with me. So <laughs> that is not how that goes. That's how it goes in all. my head. So, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> in your own, Stephanie is great at creating her own storylines, yeah. even if those that storyline doesn't come to fruition. So it's in my head. I think he's yeah. upset. But I think for us, it's me overcoming my self confidence or mm-hmm. improving my self confidence because I had zero understanding that I do have a voice and I am intelligent and I can share my knowledge and help others as well as still have fun and be sexy. But I think, God, there's, for me is making as personal time for Fox and putting my work aside and saying the business is going to be there, but if we don't work on this relationship, it's not going to be. Yeah, that too. I would say that Stephanie, and we've talked about this on our show before, Stephanie has had a lot of self-confidence issues because she's never had a man there to uplift her or back her up or support her or say, hell yeah, you can. And let's go do it. Or you want to flash your titties? Do it. Pull them out. Pull them out. Like she's never had that. And now that's the world she lives in because I'm all about all of that stuff. Yeah. As long as we're not going to go to jail. And if we are, well, I have bail money. <laughs> I'll be the one to go, not you. <laughs> so yeah. you run, I'll handle this. Yeah, you run. <laughs> um, and now she has that and she's navigating through those waters, learning what that means for us, her. And in a, a small way, she's discovering who she is as a new person or who that new person is going to be with that support. And so sometimes we run into walls and then we just have to talk about it. And normally or commonly, because I don't really like the word normally, commonly we get past that and nor- commonly we're more stronger. See, I'm about to use that word. I don't like it again. So. No, it, it does make it stronger on the other yeah. side. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. So Stephanie, are, is it just that you're, do you ever, I guess, are you wondering like, or you're not sure how to live with that support, all that, with that constant support and just knowing that it's always there for you from Vox? Yes. I, <sighs> raised by a single mom, ish. My past is so convoluted with trauma and with just bullshit, but I've never had a really good support system. I've always had to do it myself. Mm -hmm. I've had to be the one to work three or four jobs to put food on the table. And I never stopped. Work was always my central focus because, you know, I do have a daughter that until I was with him was mine. She's mine. And now I get to share that with him. And I didn't know how to share her either. I mean, Mm -hmm. it wasn't just our relationship. I had to learn how to share everything, co-parenting, life, sex, love, all of that. And being his support sometimes is just so overwhelming because I've never had it. And I don't know, it's just beautiful, but it's something that I'm learning to receive openly. Yeah. Yeah. I think it scares her sometimes because there are times where she is, been blatantly honest and said, I don't know if I believe you, or I'm waiting for the switch to turn off, or when are you going to run away? Or, you know, and I'm like, yeah, you're kind of screwed because I'm like sticky gum. (laughs) Good luck on getting you out of here. I don't really tell you. (laughs) Yeah. Aw, 
That's awesome, guys. Okay. So I want to know, I want to dig it. And now I want to get into like the, I want to get into the naughty stuff. Um, Yeah. I mean, let's use some naughty words. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like this episode's just been too clean. Okay. I want to know, I want to know like about your best swinging experience and why it was so great. And I want explicit detail. And then I want to know about your worst one and why it was so awful. Ooh, okay. Because our worst one became our best one. Our worst one did become our best yes, one. It, but we'll talk about that. Oh, good. I, I'm gonna okay. Start first. Okay, so I'm going to start with the worst one, and then we're going to get how it turned good. Okay, yeah, that does make sense because I'll explain the story better. Yeah. Okay. So our very first swinging experience. Wait, can I cut you off already? Oh. God, <laughs> can I tell my side and then you tell your side because okay. you tell a different version? I'll be very quick. So. I came to a part in our relationship where I was like, you need to meet my friends. Like, you know, you need to start being involved in my whole world. So I put together, I called all my friends together and said, hey, you know, I want you to meet who I'm dating. Get to know her. Tell me your thoughts. Plus or minus. She's on a point system. She she can fail. (laughs) No pressure at all. Yeah. And so I invited everybody, vanilla and lifestyle. In that process, we had started talking about the lifestyle, jumped on some sites, created some dating profiles. And amidst all of this, two of the couples that we were talking to were, we. I said, well, should we invite them too? And we'll just tell them it's a vanilla party and it'll be a nicer way to introduce you. You won't feel any pressure of having to do anything. You said you were going to make this quick. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) so the bottom line is, good catch. (laughs) (laughs) All of my friends bailed. Every single one of them. One had a fight with his wife. Babe, the the just, other got called into work, etc. So we ended up with only the lifestyle couples. Well, everyone had a lot of fun connected. This young lady over here uh, to my side, we were out by my pool. She decides I'm going topless and let me get this party started. So I'm thinking, well, she's all in. She just jumped in the deep end, got it. I know where this is going. I'll accommodate that turned into her later crying in the bathroom. No. Hold on. I'm going to jump. I'm jumping. I'm jumping <laughs> forward. Crying in the bathroom. One of the couples jumped up right away and were very accommodating, understanding, loving, caring. That couple now is our significant couple. Like they have lasted this long. We tell each other everything. We hold nothing back. We get into arguments with them and then make love afterward. I mean, it's just, it's a beautiful relationship and it's blossomed from this. She ended up in the bathroom crying and I'm going to let you insert your storyline here. So (laughs) my storyline is, because you went on forever, is he orchestrated this this orgy. It's not what happened at all. Threw me in the throes of an orgy. <laughs> Just right to the lion's den. Right, right to the lion's den. <laughs> and so we get in there and he just immediately starts just fucking like a fucking jackhammer. I got permission. Yeah. But, okay, and so the other out. men, they have not seen their wives be fucked like that before. Well, and neither of uh-uh, them have no, been sir. in orgies. So, no, sir. I get to talk. Okay. Because yes, right. you will just keep going. <laughs> and so they- I come, hear that accent coming out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> She's getting rubbed up, Fox. <laughs> but they were so overwhelmed. And yeah. so it was just, it was an overwhelming experience. And they were having issues. I was having issues. And we kept looking over there and- 
Fox is over there just hammering away at these women. And so I'm thinking there's something wrong with me. They don't want, the guys don't want me. And so I get all in my head and I start crying in the bathroom because they didn't want me. Right. When truth be told, both of these couples, and I didn't know this either, it was their very first experience with more than one couple in the bedroom. One of the couples, it was their very first experience overall period with the lifestyle. So they were just overstimulated, didn't know how to react. And I've already been in this for 20 plus years. So none of this bothers me. Once she left the bedroom, I realized, oh crap, she left. And pause. Let's go find out what's going on. They ended up, they're our very best significant couple. Oh, we've had great orgies since then. And we've had wonderful orgies since then. <laughs> yeah. Those aren't any problems anymore. <laughs> oh, my best? I'm yes. going to go ahead and say my best. My best right. was when we had our significant couple a couple months ago. We went on a house party or we rented a house together, Airbnb, met them halfway, and I got to fuck her with a strap on for the first time. That's oh. right. Successfully, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I never okay. done that before. What was that like? Let's dive into that because I have this, I don't know if I have strap-on phobia or what it is. Like I'm worried about the responsibility of fucking. Like guys do all the heavy lifting when it comes to that. And I'm like, what, well, if, I don't, what if I don't have any rhythm? Like what if I don't know what to do? What if I'm just like, and I'm off and it just, it's not good. What if I'm bad? Okay, <laughs> so I have all that fear too. So okay. this is what I to overcome my first one. Okay. Um, <laughs> Did you practice on a pillow no. or something? I should have, but no. I made her give me a lap dance and I made her do all the work on me. <laughs> that is perfect. Brilliant. I love it. It's not as easy as it looks to do all the heavy lifting. No, it wasn't. And I was afraid to get Listen, behind her. I give you guys kudos. I give men kudos. I mean, you you guys do the heavy lifting. I wouldn't want the responsibility of it. And that's what makes me like the whole idea of fucking a girl with a strap on is so hot, but I'm worried that I will suck at it. <laughs> okay, well, I will volunteer as tribute to let you practice. On there me. we go. There we go. And I will be the cheerleader because I have actually been through many of women trying the strap on for the first time. And it is, you have to be ready for comedy. Okay. And just a clusterfuck of behavior and actions and not knowing what to do until yeah. you realize what to do. It takes time. That rhythm takes time. Rhythm. There's a lot of ab and back muscles involved and legs and stuff that most women don't realize. And they go, well, this shit wasn't as easy as I thought. <laughs> like, oh, no I, can, I can see it because I know that the guys that fuck me really good, I mean, I can tell they are working. They are working. Yes. And I just am always like, oh, thank God I just get to be this pillow princess and receive all this. Like, <laughs> yes. Good fucking. I mean, like, this is like, I'm like, this is why I love being a woman. You know, I'm like, yes. But if I had to try to cross over, I'm just like, oh, can I do it? You know, would I be any good at it? And, uh, I would definitely take some pointers. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I wanted to get behind her, but I was too afraid to get behind her because then it got, got into my head. Well, what if I hurt her? I don't you know. You should have had us, one of us guys enter you from behind and then the rhythm that we were giving you. <gasps> oh, that's a good idea. We should do that next time. <laughs> I mentioned this. Did you? <laughs> yes. We may have been a little inebriated, so some of us, our advice was going ignored, but that's okay. It was still a lot of fun. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. I need to memorialize this idea in my brain right now because I do okay. not want to forget it. This is a really good idea. So I could have my partner inside me while I'm, and he's really fucking me and fucking her 
with my strap on. I mean, I'm wearing the strap on, but he's, he's guiding me. I get to, it's like having my training wheels on. Yeah. I have a much better visual of that. Okay. I'm inside Layla. Layla's inside Stephanie. Yeah. I'm creating the motion in the ocean and everyone's getting off. Um, done. Yes. (laughs) There we go. Then I know, then I know I would fuck Stephanie the way she likes to be fucked because I've got got the master teaching me. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) This is a great idea. This is a great idea. We are such smart people. <laughs> we solved all the world's problems. The brilliance, the- just the brilliance that's coming forth right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. I don't even know where, like, where was I? Where? <laughs> oh, so I've my, lost track. My, my best experience is easy. So the first time that Stephanie looked at me fucking another woman and got turned on and got into the compersion was huge for me. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yep. Because she, uh, up until then, she struggled. We have, I had to constantly check in with her. Yeah. I was interrupting what I was doing to make sure she felt confident and safe at all times. And in some sense, that was disruptive to me and would turn me off. And then as soon as I realized, holy shit, she gets it, that was a huge turn on. And I just went fucking batshit crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I turned on like a fucking Viking king and just took what I wanted. I was like, and it's on. There we go. Okay, Stephanie, now give me your get your point of view. Give me that moment in time. What was going on? Well, I was in a different room, actually. He uh, had a friend come up to the office. And so we have glass offices. And so it was our lunch break. And I was not in the same room with them, but the door, the windows were open so I could see them. And usually that's never happened before. And actually, I'm the one who went in there and opened the windows because I knew that they were playing. And I was like, damn it, I want to watch this. Yeah. So I went in there and I, when I walked in the office to open the windows, he was just like, what, what are you doing? And I was, yeah, like, I, was no. a little, I was like, I don't know about this. I was like, I just want to watch. <laughs> so I, I opened them up and I sat there at my desk and watched them. And I played with myself as yeah. I was watching them. And it was just so fucking hot. Yeah, it was pretty hot. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I And I didn't, it wasn't the hot, like I wanted to come in there and play with them. I just wanted to watch. Yeah, yeah, you were happy with what you were getting. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was very happy with what I got when we got home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or was it at the office later? It was at, it the, was office. at the office yeah. later. Yeah. After yeah. she left, then he finished with me. Yep. Oh, yeah. That was so hot. I don't okay. even think I saw guys the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, explain to a lot. I think a lot of people don't understand the compersion element of it. So... Mm-hmm. How would you guys define that or how do you define that? You know, so compersion looks different for everyone. So I I just don't want anyone listening to get trapped onto what I'm about to say, because this is how I see it and how it benefits me. So because I don't believe I can provide everything for Stephanie, when I see her in her moment, in her euphoria or being pleasured, I know what she's thinking and feeling and vice versa. And so to me, it's just a... It's a beautiful scene, scenario, moment, because I want her to be fully fulfilled, whether it's mentally, sexually, doesn't matter to me. And so when I see her in that blissful moment, it just, it brings happiness to me. It turns me on. It just, it feels great. Yeah. And compersion for me is safety. I know that who he's fucking in the moment 
I feel safe with her. She's not trying to take him from me. She's not trying to do anything other than enjoy him and his sexual pleasure in that moment. And that's when I have compersion is when I look over there and I'm like, I don't even have to worry about this woman trying to take this man from me because I know she's not, that's not what she wants, but she's getting fucked right now and enjoying every second of it. And I love that. Yeah. Are there any elements of, does any erotic jealousy kind of- Oh, all the time. Weave its way in there. I mean, because there's times where I've thought, I could get into my partner with someone else. And then there's other times where it's weird. It's like, it's just like when I, and I've never done it, but when I visualize it and when I think about it, there have been been times where I'm just like, nope. And then other Mm -hmm. times where I'm like, this is so hot. And I can, and even if I felt a little bit jealous about it, there's times where I fantasize like about him making me just have to watch. Like that would, even though that maybe would, irritate me. The eroticism of it would overtake any of my, how dare you're making me do this type of thing. I'm into all kinds of shit. And just like how hot that would be. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you don't just do that. You'd have, this is all talk through and stuff like that. But then just, or us together, devouring another woman, having her be our dirty little slut. I just- Uh, You're turning me on now. (laughs) (laughs) This is all about seduction and control. And that is my wheelhouse. You are- Oh, I lo- like, I mean, oh, I love that. I love that. I mean, I'm into BDSM. I just love all that. I love, for a long time, I was a collared sub. I mean, I, mm, that just, that shit just, nothing turns me on like that. So, um, I, I, I want to be your dirty little slut. <laughs> oh, good, good. I, I, well, here's the thing. Okay. That, then I have to tell you that the only, the only thing is like, I need to sort of tiptoe into it because I want to, I want a woman to go down on me and eat my pussy, but I don't know if I want to reciprocate in the beginning. That's okay. That's perfect. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's the only thing I feel bad about. I'm like, is that selfish? I, I just don't, I don't know. Like and I then like of course that. I want both of, I want, I want both. I want a guy and a girl going down on me at the same time. Oh, that's easy. That's easy. We've done yeah. that before. So there's times that I don't, I don't want to go down on a girl. There's yeah. times I'm very selective of the yeah. pussy that I eat because it's yeah. got, it's, I don't know. I'm very selective. It has so, to be pretty and smell good and taste good. I mean, I'm sorry. It has to be presentable. I, of course. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm, I'm shallow like that, I guess you could say. That's but. not shallow. I don't think that's shallow. I think that's uh, just holding your standard. It either turns you on or it doesn't. If it doesn't and you try and force yourself past that, yeah. it's not going to be a pleasurable experience. No, right? I get not that. Not for everybody. Yeah. But so going back to what you originally said is your jealousy. Absolutely. And I think that for me, it goes back to safety. So when you're thinking about your partner with somebody else is the people that you're thinking about him with, are they? do they feel safe to you? Are they people that you know aren't going to try to manipulate and manifest something negative in your life? So I tend to feel less jealousy and more compersion when I feel really safe with the people that we're with. Yeah. Yeah. Also over time for her. It takes her longer for that to kick in place because she is identifying who you are as a person, what you mean to us, et cetera. I mean, she's navigating all those waters and being very calculative, right? You're calculating what is the risk factor here with this person? And if it's low, then she's able to get into it hard and deep and just let go, let go. Mm -hmm. But if she has any drawbacks to that or, or the risk is high, then we talk a lot. And normally when that happens, I just say, you know what? It, this isn't worth it. Like, I'm not going to pursue this person because it's not worth what this means that we're, you know, possibly. So. Sure. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh. Well, I don't know if that answered the question, but <laughs> I'm like, I'm just like, I'm off in my little fantasy land. I'm like, okay, now let Tony come back, come back to the, come back down here. <laughs> yeah, so we, if our voices and, and faces equal fantasy for you, oh, I'm liking this art. Well, this you guys, I can't see your faces. I'm, you know, oh, then I start, I start to think, did they turn the camera off? Are they like, are they naked? What are they doing? Oh my God, no. we were naked would be on, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything to try and turn you on. No, there not at go. all. In our camera. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Logitech camera doesn't want to work right now. I don't know why. <laughs> Damn it, Logitech. You're, God, you're letting us down. Okay. I guess they won't be, we won't be able to sponsor them on a show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I just know the name. Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> so, okay. And just in general, guys, like, why should couples care and want to evolve their intimacy? That's me question. That That is a, well, okay, yeah. So let me answer my, oh, and then boy. You. So I just think that when you, when you decide to involve your intimacy, you force, not a force, but you encourage open lines of communication, deeper understanding. It just connects you more with your partner. And it doesn't mean you have to evolve in the sense of there's an end goal here. It's we evolve as we both feel comfortable and whatever that turns into is what it turns into. And as long as you're moving at the slowest person possible, that's usually the safest bet. But it just brings you closer and lets you understand your partner in a way that most people do not because they're afraid to or they're told not to or they're not educated enough to do so or religion has a, a grasp on them and it says this is not okay. But why wouldn't you want to know every little nook and cranny of your partner because it just makes that relationship much more grounded and stronger? Yeah. I tell couples when they come into my office for the very first visit, whether they're coming for good, bad, or ugly, I tell them, the second you walked in this door and set your asses in those chairs, your relationship as you know it is done. Marriage number one, relationship number one is done. You get to build right now relationship number two using all of the prior knowledge from relationship one, but we get to rebuild this relationship and evolve it to look any way you want it to look. There's no rules. There's Everything is thrown out. What do you want? And so couples look at me and you can, they are shocked because no one's ever told them that they could build a relationship to look any way they want because they're so used to being force fed the narrative that society sends us, their, their templates that they were raised with. But for them to be able to say, or for me to be able to say to them, listen, fuck that. What do you want it to look like? Let's design it. Let's design your marriage, your relationship and just giving them that freedom. And so that takes a lot of people off guard. It catches them off guard, but they also, they all leave here and they're like, I've never, ever thought that I could have a marriage number two. And I'm, some clients have been married for 50 years. And when I say that to them, they're just like the relief in their face because yeah. all of that baggage is gone. And we talk about, we're going to process it. We're going to unpack it, but we're going to leave it in this office yeah. and you don't take it outside of here anymore. Only get to take the good stuff. Yeah. I like to tell our clients, you came in here with a box and that box is what you think your relationship has to be. But when you leave here, it's going to be a triangle or octagon, or it's going to be whatever the heck you decide it's going to be. I kind of get the same response of, wait, we're allowed to do that? Yeah, mm -hmm. of, co of course you are. You know, and, and the same result. Yeah, it's true. It's literally true lifestyle design. And you're allowing people to be the architects. Absolutely. Yep. We're just, we just help them navigate it. That's all. Yeah. But really when you, the way you put it, it is very powerful to... Yeah. Just nobody's probably ever said that to them. 
yeah, no one's ever given them the permission to say, you know what, this isn't working, let's mm-hmm. change it. It's, yeah. This isn't working, so we need to get divorced. That's the narrative that they've been sold from society or like I said, their templates from whatever, but coming in and just saying, no, let's use that knowledge, let's use that foundation and let's blow it up. Yeah, I love it. So why do you think there's so little emphasis or important placed on achieving a high level or standard when it comes to sexuality in this country? Oh, so... I'm going to say I'm going to say the top 3 and I'm going to let her jump in on that. So okay. religion, mm-hmm. sex education and geographic location. But okay. So I know where you're going with that. So this country was built on religious beliefs. Religious precepts of this is how things have to be. And you know, coming from the south, yes, it's primarily it's what we're raised with. The education, sexual education in our public school systems in America, just in general, is terrible. Mm-hmm. Kids are learning more on TikTok these days than they are in the classrooms. Right. Yeah. You know, don't write it on that. There are some states that legally have on the books within their educational programs, preach abstinence, do not teach sex education. Well, that's Texas. <laughs> yeah. And, to- and that is the sex education program in which they work in or teach this, but not this, or, hey, tell them to use condoms and that's it. I mean, there's right. no actual education. It's it's all compartmentalized depending on the state and the state laws and the education laws and their ideologies within that geo location. And being able to say, it's not wrong. What you learned is not wrong. How you grew up is not wrong. I get that, but it doesn't have to be that way for you. Right. And so people aren't allowed that privilege to even open up their minds to what it could be because society says no, religion says no. They're told those options are not an option because it's not okay. Yeah. And I think that that is the the major branding or ideology that is holding, especially the United States, back from evolving our sexuality and intimacy as a whole. I talk to a lot of people. I kind of get a sense, first of all, I agree spot on with what you guys just said. But I also see this sort of groundswell. I feel like the millennials are kind of changing a lot of that. They've definitely got their own issues sexually. But I do talk to a lot of people in that age bracket that they seem to be more open with it. And which is great to see because I'm looking at this going, you know, like literally, boom, there it is. There's the kind of, there's that big change coming, I think. And I think moving forward, hopefully a lot of this, is getting slowly washed out. Do you guys see that too? Or am I just being totally optimistic? (laughs) No, I I completely agree with a lot of what you're saying. I've said this many times that the millennials get, they get flack for a lot of shit, but our, and I'm an older millennial, I'm an exennial, but millennial parents, they nailed it with that sexuality shit. You know, these kids, I call them kids because that's what they are to me still. Sorry, guys. These young adults, they are more sexually open and liberated and expressive. Now, they do drive me fucking crazy with all these new words they're coming up with and have to label everything. Stop labeling. We can, we got it, people. I yeah. love you guys. Damn, a new label comes out every day. I know. My clients are like, have you heard of such and such? And I'm like, Googling it. What the fuck is that? I know. I uh, can't keep up with it. I'm just like, what? is this? And I think overall their generation, they're trying to create their own. Yeah. And I love it. But they're, yeah, I love that part. I love it. Yeah. Oversaturated and complicated to the point that 
we can't understand themselves. I don't even think <laughs> they understand themselves to a point. They just know they're open and they don't want to fit in a box. Yeah, yeah. So just say you're open. Let, let's make this very simple. Yeah. Hey, our new generation is open. Yeah. Done. Show them the respect. Let them figure out what they want or don't want. Don't judge them for it. But I think in a sense, they're almost hurting themselves because they want to create their own new labels. And I'm like, stop creating labels. Labels is what put us where we were at in the first place. Yeah. You're creating that box, that design for everybody. But that that doesn't mean that everyone, like everyone that feels they're non-binary, that doesn't mean the same thing to every single person. So stop trying to create a one size fits all label because that doesn't work anymore. That was their whole fight in the first place. Hey, this doesn't work for us. Well, hey, because it doesn't work for you, don't repeat what we've already done. When you repeat the past, you're going to get the same result. Yeah, and I, I agree. But going back to the original question that are the millennials changing the sexual Dynamic. image of people yeah, absolutely. Uh, of society? Absolutely. Yeah. You guys are rocking and kicking ass. Just quit labeling shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. I mean, it's like totally cool to watch and see. I'm just like, I feel like I feel like I'm, I'm kind of like sitting back a little bit and like watching a movie. I'm like, whoa, here comes the change. Like, there it is. I can see it. Yeah. You know, it's it's pretty damn cool. So beautiful um, time to be alive. Yeah. No, I mean, I, it's exciting to me. It's exciting to me that things are slowly evolving. Yeah. I mean, damn, it's taken long enough. But when I just think of the way different countries and how they view sex and their sex education, all the th- three things that you guys just nailed down. So we're just damn slow here. I don't know what it is, you know, with that stuff. And, and gosh, the sex education is horrible. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the way kids are growing up or even just not even my I always think about my poor mom like my mom went the my mom completely went the other way because my grandma just like handed her a book when she got old enough to you know when she got her period my grandma just like handed her a book and said here you go honey you know and and that was it and this will tell you everything you need to know and my mom was just like bound and determined that I wasn't going to grow up that way and so unfortunately I there was so much openness. I was just like, can we please not talk about sex? Any like, I don't, I'm, I'm in third grade. I don't want to know about it, but I'm so grateful. I mean, I really am. I'm very grateful because I feel like it just gave me, I got a bunch of information and I got to, over time, as I got older, I got to apply that, how it meant what and what it meant to me. But I at least had, I got the exposure to it and that was great. And there was never like a taboo subject or something I couldn't come talk to her about. Not that I wanted to or exercise that option very often, but it was there. So I think for me, that was always really important. And I'm just super grateful for that. Yeah. Our 15-year-old, she is the talk of the school because, and they, people come to her for sex advice because they all know, oh, your mom's a sex therapist. So, and she, she is hilarious because she'll come in and she'll like, mom, today I had to educate so-and-so about sex and because they thought this, can yeah. you believe that? And I'm like, well, I'm so glad you're there to educate them. And she, she does, she lets them know, but she's not sexually active. And Gina, she, we have that open communication and she knows when she wants to be, come talk to us and yeah. all of that fun stuff. But yeah, she sets the record straight at school. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> that's I love that. You know, I kind of think like, again, it's just like, because I got 
a fair amount of exposure to it, or it was just an open subject in my household there, that I didn't have, I, w- I did have this fascination or interest with it. And I certainly wasn't having sex at a young age. Again, not that I'm not saying, I'm not trying to say what the right age is. I just, I guess I just felt confident in myself to make the decision when it was right for me. And that ended up being a little bit later in life. That was Great. And I never had, I never felt pressure or, you know, not that guys, of course, wouldn't try, but I just, you know, I, I always felt like, no, I, I've got so much, I've got enough confidence and knowledge in this area just to say, to know that it's not right for me right now. And that's not what I want. Mm-hmm. And I think for young women, that's really empowering to have that. And probably also for, you know, I can't speak for young boys, but I would imagine them too, because they don't have to feel the pressure of any peer pressure. Like you got to be doing it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, let's see. I guess we're going to wrap it up here. Just kind of let everybody know you guys have a lot of resources. Just tell everybody where they can find you and tap into those resources. Yeah. So the easiest thing is just to go to our website. It is evolveyourintimacy.com. All our social media plugs are in there. All the articles we write, vlogs and blogs. We've run, won a couple awards from that, which was pretty nice. We have courses, self-study courses. Of course, we have counseling and coaching, a lot of free resources on that website. Uh, and then, of course, also our podcast as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for being on this thank show. You so much again. I just love you so much. Oh, I know. It was, I'm like, yay. What a great... Thank you for reaching out. This is awesome. And you guys know it, where you can find me. You can go to the Curious Group Diaries. And my favorite thing for you to do is to leave me a voice message. Click on the pink tab on the right-hand side. Leave me a voicemail up to five minutes. Just let it rip and I will get back to you personally. Also, if you enjoyed what you heard today, or if you have any questions for Stephanie and Fox, you can leave a voicemail for them on my website. I'll make sure that they get it. All right, that's it. Thanks, guys. Everyone stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe. Love you. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, refer me to a friend. And make sure you're following me on social media. Also, go to the website, thecuriousgirldiaries.com, and join my subscribers-only list for access to exclusive content. And as usual, questions or comments, you can always email me at curiousgirl at thecuriousgirldiaries.com.